Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let me just hear Mike talk. Just let me hear you just so I can make sure. F*** you. F*** you. F*** you. Ah, I heard him. Sounds good. Oh! Oh! That's when the, you know, SH hits the fan. (laughs) What's the point? If you're going to spell it. Sorry, Manchester. Just say it. (laughs) I know. Going to get you fired tomorrow with all the four-letter words. I really thought about not coming, and I was regretting the fact that I I need you here. Pasta and meatballs. You complete me. Peter said, but he thought. (laughs) What did he He, say? He said Vikings suck. (laughs) They do. You're right. The Vikings suck. They suck. You know? I wish you would have got Jim Harbaugh. I like those guys. I think I'm going to go straight to the liquor store when I'm done. (laughs) Don't adjust your dial. We are not in our usual spot if you're watching live on Peacock or live in London. Hey, friends on Sky Sports UK and Ireland, we are live. That means crap, ass, piss right out of the gates you can't bleep us you can't bleep us we're gonna say it all show long Uh, sorry sky sports censor we're doing it all show long and they just pulled the plug on the show and there is recorded programming available (laughs) so anyway anyway just so everybody knows where we are obviously we're in los angeles super bowl this is monday late afternoon the show will re-air tomorrow morning from 7 to 9 Eastern because we ain't coming over at 4 a.m. I'm sorry. Other shows can come over when nobody's here at 4 a.m. Oh, look at us. Oh, we're here at 4 a.m. Why would you come here at 4 a.m.? <laughs> we're going to be sleeping at 4 a.m. as you should be, but at 7 a.m. Eastern time, you'll see this show again tomorrow morning. So, Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. I mean, it's, it is a totally different day. Mike, as you can tell here, anybody that's watched <laughs> yesterday's show is a lot more comfortable because well, nobody yes. is here. Right? Yes. He stole the Lombardi trophy that was here. I did not he take it. He took it. It's back at I, the hotel. We're screwed. I don't know what they're going to do to give to the Super Bowl champion. I traded it for a case of wine. I traded it for a case of wine. Extra masks. He got extra masks. So I found a liquor store (laughs) and I got lost. On the way back what to the is hotel. up with you and liquor I, and getting lost no, at the Super Bowl? I, well, I just, I just, yeah, that's true. But, but I, I thought I needed 
just, just have a glass of wine or two last night. Cause take the edge off. It was a stressful day. Just right. take the edge off. It was yeah. either that or go to the dispensary, which right. apparently is close by. You could have came to my hotel room. I would have said, yeah. <laughs> what the text I sent you? My, my, wife, my wife said, you need to calm down. You need a brownie. Chris probably has <laughs> some. It was a great text. <laughs> Jill, your wife, I laughed out loud on the car ride home. And you need to calm down. Stress can hurt your immune system. Maybe you should eat some brownies. I bet Chris has some. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I found a liquor store not far from here. And I started walking back to the hotel. And, I'm, you know, you're, you're, I'm trying not to look like a complete and total bumpkin. So I act like I'm actually looking at something on my phone other than where the I am map. and where right. I'm going. Right. And I'm looking at it. It's like something's not right here. And I kept walking. I kept walking. It's like something's not right. And finally I realized the distance was getting farther. Yeah. Because I was going the wrong way. Yeah. I was just walking the wrong kind way. I was important. on the right street. But I was walking farther right. from where I needed to go, so I got well, a little Well, sometimes exercise. you put like some of that stuff in your phone navigation, and it doesn't really necessarily go the way you're looking at your phone. You don't know. Like you have to turn the screen around. Yes. Or you know, give the old two finger turn there. Well, I was ready to give Siri the one finger yesterday once I realized that <laughs> she had sent me in the wrong direction. I mean, you would think that it would tell you. You're going the you're, hey, you think, right. idiot. This you're going now, yes. the wrong way. The technology, Siri, it, te- it knows north, south, all those things. You're right. It should like be a re- like you're going the wrong direction, but it didn't in either way. You're here. You I'm made here. it. We're here. You're still here. I was afraid you might fly back home to, last night. Trying to inject some drama you into still the still might fly home. You never I know, know when I'm going to leave. I don't know either. I know. Once I've had enough, that's it. Okay. Oh, I, trust me. My, my wife and son are, are having a, a tag team. To convince me to not leave. Yeah, they're you your stay. psychologists right you. now. You should stay. Right. You should stay. Yeah. Just stay. Yeah. So Let's talk them into it. Yeah. Let's keep them there. The house is so great right now without them. Yeah. The dog's <laughs> the only one that misses me, but that's all right. I'm used to that. Okay. And I'm not even sure the dog does. The dog only cares when I have food. Yes. Uh, we got some food for you NFL style. That is news. That is why we're here. And there's plenty of Super Bowl news, but... There's other news. The vacancies throughout the NFL are systematically being filled one after another. The Texans will hire Lovey Smith as their next coach. Now, when we did this yesterday, we thought it was down to Brian Flores and Josh McCown. And my opinion was they can't hire Josh McCown. They won't hire Brian Flores. I thought Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, was the compromise candidate. A new compromise candidate emerged, and that, that was my first thought. Lovey Smith is the compromise. Love it. We, we, we want to hire McCown. Yeah. We can't do it. We probably should hire Brian Flores. We won't do it. Right. What else can we do? And it's like somebody pulled out the roster of coaches and yeah. said, hey, we could just make Lovey Smith the coach. Right. And I hate, I hate to make it that simple. And he checks some box in some areas, right. too. Right, right. But, but I hate to make it that simple, but I feel like that's exactly what they did. It's really weird. I think, you know, I, some people I've talked to that at least got a little knowledge of the situation, Mike, I don't think you're totally off here. That's where I was going to go with it. You know, from what I've heard a little bit, first off, they wanted to hire Josh McCown, period. That's a, you're, you're spot on. I have good information there to, to know that as well. That was, that was who they wanted. For whatever reason, I think they thought they were going to be able to hire him and like get away with it and that sports media wouldn't go crazy. Why they thought that, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Right now, 2022, current environment in the NFL, hire a, a, white, a white head coach who's never coached. You know, of course, they backed themselves into a corner, I think, in that department. I bet you Nick Casario, being from New England, did like Brian Flores. But like you just said, it's opened up. Pandora's box of NFL dysfunction. Yes, she's in there. She's dysfunctional. Yes. yes. And I'm sure they didn't want to mess with that. And then, yeah, you go into, okay, what are we going to do here? And 
It, it does. It feels like, again, not to say that Lovey Smith isn't qualified for this job. I actually like the hire in a lot of areas and why it makes sense. But I also do think that it looks like they kind of chickened out on the McCown thing, knowing the backlash they were going to get. They didn't want to deal with the Flores lawsuit conversation and all that. So then they just went, oh, no, what else do we do next? And Lovey uh, was the next guy up. It does seem that way. I think without the Flores lawsuit, they definitely would have hired I would expect Josh that, too. Yep, because yeah. they were moving that way. They were testing the waters. Right. I remember being told they're trying to get somebody to interview Josh McCown. Yes. The Jaguars just to justify talk to oh, Josh McCown. Talk we talked to him. It wasn't right. an interview. Right. We talked to him, and they were eventually going to do it. And on one hand, you look at it and say, hey, these teams can do whatever they want to do. You can hire whoever you want to hire. And I hear that all the time from people. You can do whatever you want to do. Well, right, but you still have to follow all applicable federal, state, and local laws. And when you are an owner of an NFL team, when you are one of the 32 stewards of NFL franchises, and there are only 32 of these jobs in the sports world, there are plenty of people who are qualified that are never going to get to be a head coach. Right. The idea that Josh McCown could go straight from the field with a year off of doing nothing right. and become a head coach is offensive to anyone who has put in the time, put in the effort, and positioned himself to be a head coach. And, you know, a point I made once it looked like it was real, it's like, is anybody suggesting Drew Brees as head coach of the Saints? Is anybody suggesting Phillip Rivers as coach of the Chargers last year when they were looking for a coach? It's ludicrous when you think of it that somebody who has 16 years of NFL playing experience, and he didn't play 16 years, he was on the bench for a lot of it, could waltz right through the door as a head coach, is incomprehensible, and they would have done it if Brian Flores hadn't filed the lawsuit. And then once he files the lawsuit, and he has a whole section in there about how they mistreated David Culley, that's why I was convinced there's no way they're going to hire Brian Flores. Sure. So they had to find somebody, and they find Lovey Smith. Now, Lovey Smith took the Bears to the Super Bowl in 2006. He kind of got shoved out of Tampa when they wanted to going keep behind Dirk the Cutter. Exactly. They wanted to keep Dirk, the offensive coordinator, who was possibly going to coach the Dolphins. Right. So they fire Lovey, promote Dirk Cutter. Lovey goes on to coach Illinois. He was 19 and 37 at Illinois, which is not something you want to lead your resume with. But that's his most recent experience as a head coach, and now third chance to be an NFL head coach. That doesn't happen anymore. The Norv Turner, Wade Phillips, third time isn't a charm, usually. This is the third time for Lovey Smith. Yeah, it's not a hire that's going to excite the Texans fan base. I mean, that's for sure. It's not. You know, again, you know, Lovey Smith, I, I will say this. Like, yeah, I don't get excited. I'm not like, wow. Do I think he does serve a good purpose here for the, the current state of the Houston Texans football team? Yes, I do. I mean, again, at, at the optics of it, they look a little dysfunctional right now. There's no other way around that. You know, I, I'm with you. Again, I know from good people that they really wanted to hire McCown. There's no doubt about that. You know, Lovey, at least, though, I'll say this. He does understand the NFL game. You know, he's going to understand how to get everybody on the same page and at least stabilize the environment. That's where I can get behind it a little bit. I don't know if you feel me there at all with that or not. I don't disagree but, with that. You know, right? He's going to understand, like, hey, this is, this is the proper plan we need this week. You know, th- this makes sense for our offense. Okay, offense coordinator, I like what you're saying. Hey, let's not let's worry about this. He's an overseer, right? Let alone he's going to be able to coach the defense and add some two cents there. So there has been plenty of good he's done in the NFL. You said it. The Tampa situation was a little weird. It definitely was. I don't think you can sit there and totally blame it all on Lovey Smith. But been to a Super Bowl, coached Super Bowl caliber defenses, and uh, I, I, I understand it from that standpoint. But I don't think it's one that the Texans fans are going to go, oh, wow, this is awesome. We got our guy for the next 10 years. Two and a half years over under for Lovey Smith as coach of the Texans. Ooh. What are you taking? If you made me sit here right now, I'd probably go the under. 
I'd probably go, it's one or two years. I, again, I don't love the optics of this whole thing. And, uh, again, there's just too many things at play here with the Houston Texans. You know, there's a stigma around the Texans organization right now in football, period. The perception, the reality, whatever you want to say. Whether it seems like it's a little bit too religious with Jack Easter being Nick Casario, people question that. And there's nothing wrong with being religious. Just doesn't have a place in overtaking your football organization. There's that aspect. We talked yesterday about there's certainly a stigma about that organization from African-American players throughout the league. There's no question about that. So Lovey Smith does help out in that department. But it is still at a very like base level uh, a little weird. Unless the players make. look at it and say, you're just taking another black you're playing, coach yeah, you're, and you're going to make him a short-term guy right, and, and he's in a position him. where he's not going to succeed right. and then you're going to fire him and you're eventually going to hire Josh McCown. And now they're talking about making Josh McCown a member of the staff. I thought they were thinking about it last year, and apparently he didn't want to do it last year. I mean, right. I, if you want to position yourself to be a head coach, and look, I like Josh McCown. Yeah. And, and we've had this conversation like, how is he allowing himself to be put in this position where people are like, what's going on here? I mean, he's a smart guy. It's crazy guy. that he's in it. It's but a smart. You take he's advantage a, of it if it's that's offered right. to you. Hey, yeah, you, you want to make a head coach? Right. What the hell? I'll yeah, do it. What? I think you're crazy. I did, but I'll, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. I mean, what's he supposed to do? But you're right. Like, the optics are weird, certainly, for what we're doing in the NFL right now. That's where I, 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 you know, I don't get that. And it seems like, yeah, the Texans weren't really sensitive to some of that stuff there. Uh, but none, no experience with some of the guys like you talked about. That we know there's other qualified people out there. We know there's other offensive coordinators out there that have a different skin color that are qualified. And for them not to get the job or seem to get the chances to McCown here for two years in a row is at the top of an organization's list. Yeah, seems a little crazy. It does. First question I would have for Lovey Smith at his introductory press conference. Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah. Tell me why you benched half your starters at halftime of the Week 17 game against the Saints. His name came up last week. Right. He's the one coach that was kind of caught red-handed tanking. Yeah. When the whole trying yeah. to lose to secure right. your better draft position. And all that, Why right? did you take yeah. half your starters out? Right. You know who the quarterback was that day for Lovey Smith? Oh. Josh McCown. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's amazing. <laughs> so, and he didn't get benched. Right. Which makes <laughs> like, you know, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, Levante David. Okay. We, we want to lose this game. You sit out. Uh, yeah, uh, no, you sit Josh, we're good. Yeah. You stay. Yeah. <laughs> you stay, Josh. I love Josh. There, there was certainly, there's certainly a, a personal liking there as far as Lovey, I think, had a, uh, some affection for him when he was in Chicago at his end, end of his time there, right? I think he was solely responsible for McCown being down there in Tampa Bay. There was some something there which makes me do I, I do wonder about like you brought it up a second ago well is this part of the future plan to get McCown now on the staff I think he's eventually going to be the head coach and you make him okay offensive coordinator or whatever and you start to frame the conversation around oh you know you, then we we hear a report how everybody's so impressed with Josh McCown yep. sometime in the offseason early on in the regular season and, and you know, he, you know, he is qualified to be a head coach. I, I wrote something today that I'm sure is going to anger some people in the media, as if that's ever stopped me before. But my point is, and I had someone call me yesterday and raise this, and I hadn't really thought about it. So I may have been one of the ones playing checkers, too. Yeah. My point is, Jack Easterby is playing chess while most of the media is playing checkers. That he is staying multiple moves ahead of and manipulating the coverage. And you saw it last night. I saw a certain high-profile insider at ESPN's Twitter feed saying, oh, they've been talking to Lovey Smith throughout the whole process. Well, then why wasn't he one of the finalists? Right? Uh, they, has they, they, has they they think vaguely been brought up a few times over the last two weeks, But once it's right? down to the final three, it's down to the I final know, three. I know. 
And and then also there was a, a tweet that the Texans do indeed believe that Josh McCown one day will be a great head coach. Yeah, for them. Yeah. Not for anybody else. Right. And he's got to get about the business of getting the credentials and putting in the work and learning how to properly do it so it doesn't look ridiculous if and when. But look, this gets back to the structure of these teams. Cal McNair is going to do whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Jack Easterby has put himself in a position where he is able to influence Cal McNair to do what Jack Easterby wants him to yeah. do. Last year... Nick Casario wasn't on the list of finalists from the outside consultant, Corn Ferry, the firm that they hired to find a GM. So what happens? Yeah. Easterby got gets McNair and right. says all the right things, and they jump on the plane and they go get Casario because yeah. Easterby knew, I believe, that Casario wouldn't have run him out the door. No doubt. And he didn't. He's going to be part of my one team. Of these, one of these others? Right. One of these others come Uh-oh, in? I don't know that what's going to happen. Gone. Right. Casario, we're on the same page. He's a friend. We have a working relationship, and we see life and work in the same kind of vein. Yes, I think you're exactly right with that. Uh, I, I don't disagree. And, again, you know, even with the Josh McCown thing, again, I'm not I, – I really like Josh. I think he's got a lot of qualities to be a head coach as far as his ability to communicate, lead men, be a guy at the front. But you do need some experience. To me, as long as he's been around in the NFL, that's still too drastic of a move you know, to just jump in there. And again, just because you were a good player doesn't always make you a good coach. Just because you didn't play doesn't mean you can't coach. I mean, Bill, Bill Belichick, I'm pretty sure, wasn't that great of a football player. He's, he's worked out okay in the, the coaching department. But, yes, the, I think, again, if they want to sell this with McCown, he's got to get in the door. He's got to – you think you know. I, I can say this from a little bit of experience because I saw both sides of it. You think you know what's going on to make the donuts behind the scenes, you know, a little bit when you're the quarterback. Because you are the quarterback. You get privy to more information than anybody else on the roster. But – until you're in a building on a day-to-day basis and you're part of the coaching staff, you don't realize the day-to-day intricacies and details and some of the things that you just took for granted about the information that was presented to you as a quarterback and realize, wait, you know, somebody's really dug this up. Chris Sims was back in a damn closet digging these plays out for like seven hours last night going through this to make sure this looked good for the quarterback or whatever else. And I think those are things you do need to know and experience to, to, to be a great head coach. And there's also a fundamental difference between being a member of staff and being the head coach. Definitely. And, and, right. and that's the projection. That's the risk that every team takes when it makes a guy head coach for the first time. So at least for the Texans, they have a guy who's been a head coach in three different spots, yep. two in the NFL, one in college. But I, I, I really I, – I'm sorry. It seems it just it streams seems out pawnish. compromise candidate. That's what I mean. It seems like it's a pawn, and I don't love that. I don't. It bothers me. It really does, especially with what we're talking about. You already said it. Too many qualified coaches out there. And this just seems to me like it's some political play. And I, I don't mean that by from, from putting down Lovey Smith. It just I'm more about the Texans and what they're doing here. I do think there is some good here about Lovey being the, the, the head coach. I do think there is, like I talked about, he's going to get people on the same page. You heard me say a number of times last year, right? Like, he, he, he's still a good d- defensive football coach. I know that, like, they're statistically weren't rated good. They were the 31st defense in football. Well, like, we talked about it a few times. You know, there's not tons of great talent there. And when, you're, when your defense is on the field every fourth play because your offense was three and out, three and out, you know, you're gonna, the dam's going to break. But I think if you look at some competitive parts of the football game before the defense got worn down, they do do some good things. He understands how to coach that side of the ball. So hopefully it works for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to be successful and screw up their whole manipulation plan 
for as far as the way it looks right now. And I still don't know if that'll save him. If all else fails, yeah. philosophical differences. Yeah, oh, yes, right. Always resort to he philosophical liked to differences. to win, and we don't <laughs> like that. So, I mean, I really think that's what happened with David Culley. I think things started to look a little too good. And they went, wait, this guy's a little more competitive and got a little bit better of a feel as a coach than we'd like here. Uh, we can't give him another year. He might actually get things turned around, and it's not the guy we want to get it turned around with. So I just, that's where it feels wrong, too. The beauty of all of this is if they knew when they fired David Culley what was going to happen with uh. the Josh McCown situation being derailed by the Brian Flores lawsuit, they would have just kept Culley, I think. Why not just keep Culley? Maybe. I wonder if at one point they called him the past few days and said, um, "We're sorry. We're sorry. Would you would you like we to didn't come back? Really fire you. We're paying you anyway. Would you like to come back and work uh, for us uh, for another year? But just one year. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, right. Uh, Rich Pisaccia was the interim coach for the Raiders this year. Did a great job. We thought we thought he should have been seriously considered to be the head coach. Maybe no. he was. Yeah. Now he's going to be the new special teams coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, which is huge for them." Because they had issues in that loss to the 49ers. And but for repeated failures of the special teams, yeah. the, 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 the Packers would have won that game. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I think you're, you're right to say that. The Packers really, special teams-wise, this has been, it's been an issue the last two years. They have not been very good on that side of the ball. And the guy, you know, Maurice Drayton, who they just they fired and let go, you know, he was just it was his first year being a, a special teams coordinator because they weren't happy about the special teams two years ago, the year they lost to the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. So this is big. And then a guy like Rich Pisaccia, you know, again, Green Bay, there's a lot of stuff going on there too behind the scenes right now. So you got another guy that's been there, done that. You know, he's going to understand how a Matt Lafleur works. Rich Pisaccia, yeah, he's more in the Gruden tree, but Lafleur. It's from a tree that branches off from the Gruden tree. I mean, Shanahan, McVeigh, they came from Gruden. So there's some similarities there. I think it really makes a lot of sense. And I think it will be a really good thing for the Green Bay football team. And hopefully be a good thing for Rich Passaccia to where, you know, again, maybe he's more in the national spotlight now. And people will pay attention to how good he is at coaching this third phase of the team. And when maybe one more ringing endorsement for how good he is at communicating and leading men. So maybe he can get another shot at being a head coach because I'm like you. He deserves to be one uh, more seriously than it seems like he was, you know, taken this year. Interesting push and pull, too, between the Packers and the Bears. Right. And they both wanted Right. And the Packers end up getting him and the Packers upgrade in an important aspect of the coaching staff. Are they going to downgrade on the roster? Probably. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be gone? Probably. We spent a lot of time talking about that yesterday, but at least the special teams will be more special than they were in that playoff loss to the 49ers and throughout the 2021 season. It's not like like some sudden downturn. They they have been the worst special teams all year long. Right, right. The Las Vegas Raiders have a new coach in Josh McDaniels, and they could have another former head coach on the coaching staff, Joe Judge, who worked with McDaniels at New England for years from 2012 through 2019 the Raiders are interested in Judge to be the special teams coordinator now based on all that beer and pizza that he had right after he got fired I thought maybe he's going to take a year off that's really the question you have to ask yourself and yeah. think, think about this yeah you're going to get paid a good amount of money right either way right do you not work and get paid or do you work for free right because that's what you're doing sure any dollar you make from the Raiders is going to be one less dollar that the Giants have to pay. And that's the other side of it, too. Do I want to force the Giants to pay all this money? Right. Now, the Raiders can pay him, I guess, whatever they want. I think sometimes he gets abused and you get into a fight over or yeah. they're paying the guy enough. Right. But that, that, 
that after going through what he went through the last two years, you can understand him taking. I can a year understand off. him taking a year off yeah. and saying, "I'm just going to spend John Mara and Steve Tisch's money, and I'll worry about next year when next year comes." Right, right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. There, that thought certainly crossed my mind. Uh, but I will say, you know, I think really this is something that you and I both know about NFL coaches. And especially the ones that are maybe, you know, top quality coaches. They're psychos. They are absolute psychos. Every one of them. They are as high energy people as you could imagine. They are the type of people that they don't need to drink a lot of coffee in the morning. And if they do, it's only because they've been working all week, all day long, nonstop. Uh, and these guys, I just, they don't know what to do with themselves. And I think that's what happens. And plus the bad taste of... You know, again, sitting around the house, thinking about the mistakes you might have made with the Giants. Uh, I can understand him wanting to, you know, change his, his life up a little bit, get back on doing what he loves. He loves coaching special teams. And I like what the Raiders are doing out there. I do. I mean, so far, I think they're – I liked Rich Bisaccia. I was all for them keeping that. But what they've done with Dave Ziegler, McDaniels, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, and now you add Joe Judge as a special teams coach, man, it's hard, at least for me, a guy that you know knows the inner workings of some of these coaches not to like what they're doing out there. I really am curious to know what's going to happen. Yeah, with the Raiders? With, with Derek Carr. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Because he's got a voice in all this. Yeah. It's not just as Josh McDaniels want him. Right. One year left on the contract. I think the idea of him staying for one more year without a new deal is unacceptable. If I'm him, I want a commitment. I don't want to just be a one-year test yeah. with Josh McDaniels. You either want me here or you don't. My film speaks for itself. Right. My play speaks for itself. My leadership speaks for itself. You either make a commitment to me, adjust my contract accordingly, or trade me here there or wherever i don't know where he'd want to play it's never really been something we've thought about and i've always thought about it from the perspective of should the raiders want to move on from him but i think it's fair in this environment where we see quarterbacks all the time we're going to talk about one coming up yeah who want to go somewhere else right maybe Derek carr has the right maybe he's earned the privilege to say i'd like to play for somebody else if you're not going to make a commitment to me beyond this I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's played good enough football and certainly been one of the positive things about the Las Vegas Raiders football team. I thought of something. You know, what? I thought of something. Right. I think the gears are turning. Rich Passaccia went to Green Bay. I mean, I know, I know that they got Jordan Love. Well, we know Rodgers is talking about Rogers the Raiders is out, before. If right. Rodgers is out, yeah. why not Derek Carr? Right. Why, why you continue to get Jordan Love ready, who may never be ready? I, 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 I hear you there. I, they're, they definitely crossed my mind a little bit. You know, I do think people still look at Rodgers as maybe going to the Las Vegas Raiders as being a real thing. I, I, but what I look at, what I would go with that is go, I would Rodgers really want to go with the Raiders right now? They got some things they got to figure out with their team. I wouldn't. If I was playing quarterback, I wouldn't. If I was Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback, right? I mean, if I was playing quarterback, I'll play for anybody right now. Please sign me up. Please sign me up. But, like, the if I was Aaron Rodgers, no, you got to be a little more choosy. He should be. I think the Raiders got some meat on the bone as far as what they got to do to fix their roster a little bit, especially to fit the New England way with Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham and those type of players. Man, that defense, they're not made to play what they want to play on defense, those players. There's going to be a turning over the roster. You know? And even on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's some things going to change. So I would go, that doesn't make sense for me, at least if I put myself in Rodgers' shoes. I think your point about Derek Carr, though, is spot on. I mean, Derek Carr... You and I both agree, right? It's not top five superstar quarterback. I'd rather have him than Jimmy Garoppolo. No doubt about I'd it. I'd rather have him than Mason Rudolph. No doubt. It's, it's, he's top 10-ish, right? 
I mean, top 15 ish. He was definitely in the top half of the league. Who would you rather have? Speaking yeah. of top 10, would you rather have Carr or the 11th best quarterback in the NFL, Matt Ryan? Oh, mm. I'd probably go with Carr right now. I would, but it, it's it's not it's not far off. I mean, joining us next, Matt Ryan. <laughs> Those guys to me are edition. somewhere between 10 and 16. Yeah, and then that's really good quarterback play. Carr or Kirk Cousins? Oh, mm. man, that's a good one too. I'd take Carr though. I think I'd take Carr. Carr, pretty good athlete. He's shown toughness and leadership. He dealt with Gruden. He's extremely accurate. He's extremely smart. And I think all those things, you know, will fit what Josh McDaniels likes at the quarterback position. I'd be shocked if they look to replace Derek Carr. I would be shocked if they didn't, to your point, look to kind of give him a little bit security so Josh McCann could go, no, wait, he's our quarterback. Let's start framing things around him, and let's squash all that crap and start building this team the way we need to. You said Josh McCown, not Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. There's too many. 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 There's too many McDaniels. There's McDaniel. There's McCown. There's. Anyway. I'm Irish. The thing about Rodgers. No, I'm trying to make a transition. The thing about Rodgers. Consider what Tom Brady endured in New England before he left. He yeah. was there for the decline. So right. when he left, right, it wasn't going to take much to be better than he already had been with the Patriots. Right. For Rodgers, he got back-to-back years as the one seed. I know. I know. And, yeah, even though they lost in the division round this year, they were still 13-4, and four, yeah. and they were the one seed. They so, the special team. So it's all the more reason to go somewhere where you know you're going to be strong good. first right. year. You can't go to a place. And he said, he said, I don't want to be part of a rebuilding project. Right. I don't think that just applies to Green Bay. Yeah. That applies to the Raiders as well. So, I mean, the Broncos, where he could walk right through the door. The Titans, which we talked about yesterday, and I don't know that that can happen as a practical matter. I'm intrigued by the possibility of Washington. Yeah. Especially because that's There's a division where there. things get very interesting. Right. Uh, the Steelers, potentially. But Miami, maybe. There just maybe. isn't that. There isn't that. That clear cut team. yeah like this is right this is a team that's got a lot of pieces right and like they're Brady, a quarterback knew, away we, you know we knew 49ers and bucks were very high on the radar right. why it was obvious you know we knew even when Peyton Manning was making his tour it was you know it was the teams that were really talented in football at that time Tennessee was pretty good they were kind of building something he had visited the 49ers as well with Harbaugh and, of course, he picked the Denver Broncos, which were an extremely talented team, you know, a lot like Tampa was, where you just go, man, they just need a quarterback a little bit, and they're, they're going to be good to go. So I, I'm with you, though. Rodgers, you don't make a lateral move or less than lateral move. You're going somewhere where you think, wait, this team is better than the team I'm in. They're going to put me in a better situation, and we have a real chance to win the Super Bowl. Again, legacy is going to look at him and go, you know, when he makes this move, or if he does make this move, but I expect him to like you, whether he's going to be compared to Brady and Manning with this stuff. Well, they're going to go, well, look, they're their first year with these new teams. They were great. They were great. Manning was setting records left and right, and it was unreal. And I think that Rodgers is going to be held to that standard, so he better pick the right damn team. And we are in the window where you never know when you're going to hear about one of these trades that will be unofficial until March 16. Yeah. Potentially happening. It was four years ago after we did the long interview with Alex Smith. And that same damn day he got traded by right. the Chiefs to right. Washington. Right. And it's like he knew the whole time he was talking to us that he was getting traded to Washington. But you never know when that's going to drop out of the sky. Matthew Stafford to the Rams. January 30 last year, drops out of the sky on the Sunday between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. And we're in that bubble now. We're in yeah. that window right. where anything can happen. And now that the coaching carousel is starting to 
slow to a trickle. You got one job left in New Orleans. We could start hearing unofficial trade of Aaron Rodgers, unofficial trade of Derek Carr, unofficial trade of Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. unofficial trade of Russell Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised. And you're right. With the windows here, right? Anytime. I guess I don't think it's going to happen later this week. I don't know why. I guess I would think Rodgers might not want to deal with the Super Bowl, but yeah. I think right after the Super Bowl again, you get into that. I, you're right. I wouldn't be shocked next week if we heard, saw two or three moves happen within that, you know, after Super Bowl window where teams are starting to figure things out. One more point on Rodgers. We yeah. talked earlier, and this is something we've been discussing for a couple of weeks. He won't retire because he doesn't want to be second fiddle to Tom Brady at right. the Hall of Fame enshrinement. Right. Somebody asked me today, it was a reader, who, who sent the email, and I try to read most of them because... Because uh, you're a nice there's, guy. There's, well, no, there's no idea that I'm not beneath stealing, beneath or above, beneath yeah. stealing. Right. You think, you think Roethlisberger, now that Brady's retired, you think Ben Roethlisberger says, man, I really didn't, I really didn't expect him to retire. I thought he was going to play through 2022, and I would have had that, that, you know, everybody would have driven over from Pittsburgh, and I would have kind of had that all to myself. I don't really want to share that weekend. Do you think he would come back for one year just to avoid sharing Hall of Fame weekend with Tom Brady? Do you think he would at least I consider think it, it? I think it irks him. He's yeah. probably like, damn, I'm not going to get my day in the sun here because I'm going to be, you know, in the shadows. Brady's going to be the last one who speaks. Definitely. On that slate. Definitely. Whoever else goes in, it's going to be Brady. So I'm sure he's very aware of that. I don't think he'll change his mind about playing just over that, though. I don't. First thing I would say is I don't think anybody would have him to play. That would be my thing that I would look at. That would be a problem. That would be. That, would, te- that, would, tend to, that would tend to limit your options if no one wants I, you. I mean, I don't mean. You know me. I'm a Big Ben fan. I really am. I think he's better than he's given credit for in the all-time laurels of the NFL. But I think at this point of his career, if teams started to evaluate and really look down at Big Ben, they're, they're not going to want to deal with that. They're going to go, no, it's, this is not like looking at Brady in New England where you go, man, the arm's still fresh. He can still make great throws. You know, If they just get the weapons and protect him a little bit, I think he can still do it. There's too many what-ifs with Big Ben. So I think he's kind of screwed as far as this one's concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got to listen. Some point, these guys got to just check their egos at the door too, and just go, "Damn, I got to be thankful. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I won two Super Bowls. I played in another one. I made ninety-seven trillion dollars. This is a really cool night, even though I'm second fiddle to Tom Brady. Like, okay, get over it. You know, I'll I, trade spots with you if you want. <laughs> I, I know it's easy to say that. I know. But when hard. you're Ben Roethlisberger and you right. had yourself thinking, right. I'm sure he had himself thinking. Yeah, he's the crown jewel of that class. Now, now look. Now, look, maybe he upstages Brady. Maybe they flood from Pittsburgh maybe. to Canton. Right. Because any time a Steeler gets put into the Hall of Fame, it's, it's black easy, and gold it's everywhere. Easy, right. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll screw Brady <laughs> maybe over. Maybe they'll screw Brady yeah. over. I, you know what? I, I, I've gotten to the it point where with that fan base. I've You're seen right. so many Hall of Fame ceremonies that they all kind of blur together. And, yeah. and, and, but that, that night, five years from now, yeah, is going to be interesting because there is a chance that, that Steeler Nation upstages Tom Brady. You're right. Um, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back and play for the Browns for one more year, not that he will, <laughs> but it would be great. It would be great if he did. It would just be great. I love unexpected stuff, I man. I root do. for good stories. All right, we do. got some more stories to discuss on this Monday. PFTPM, which also which will be Tuesday's PFT Live. Shereen Williams making an appearance here on set Woo-woo. when we return right after this. Have tomorrow. Do we have Peter or Shereen tomorrow? My Sharina. Sims 
out. Shereen Williams, in for the day, trolling me with the Roger Staubach jersey. My Sharina. We would probably like the Bruce Pearson one maybe a little bit better. Really? You. Are you serious? My <laughs> <Bye>, Sharina. <laughs> Here she is in the flesh, Shereen Williams from PFT. She showed up in a pinch in Indianapolis two years ago when you were puke gate. When yeah. Yeah, 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 when when you were unavailable, right. we pressed her. I thought duty. I had COVID. I was like, I, I think it was COVID thing. I think I got it already. I think you did. Uh, I know. I don't think I did. He, he didn't bother to tell me that until after we were gone from well, Indianapolis. Well, I told you. You told me it was food was. poisoning. I wasn't sure. Well, I dropped a burger on LaGuardia Airport floor. <laughs> that, was that, that was it. That was it. That was then. Oh. That's where I think yeah. it was really that. But I mean, Corona went through my brain. I wouldn't have done you like that. I'm not that big of a jerk. Okay, I'm a jerk. But not that big. Of I a had no idea that the LaGuardia Burger incident was yeah. the precursor to the. I think to it the, is. It was. I it was know. so. Yeah. Right. It was. I don't know what I was thinking. I was so yeah. disturbed that I had dropped the burger and somebody had knocked into me. I didn't really think it hit the ground. It had the wrapper on it. So it wasn't a real fumble. It, it wasn't a real fumble. I got blindsided. Yeah, okay. I really did. And damn, what an idiot I am. Well, uh, that was two years ago, and here we are back together again for the first time since the pandemic struck. And full disclosure, I, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of three across. I was waiting for you to bring it up. But yeah. I decided at the end of the segment, Whoa. we're all here. She tested negative. I tested negative. He'll, he's probably already positive. I tested yeah. negative. I tested the other day, too. I yeah. had a test before we got 24 hours in I here. know, but but, yes. but that was two days ago. It can always change. I know. I, know. So, I haven't uh, been too crazy. But I figured, what the heck? Let's just do it and let's <laughs> have some fun. a few mosh pits last night, a few concerts I went to. I'm good. Now, Don't I, worry. I've, I've, I've been listening yeah, to yeah. your activities away <laughs> from here, and I'm thinking he's going to get it yeah. at some point oh, this thank week. Thank you. Look at this guy. Look at this. He's putting the hex <laughs> on You can me. bet on everything. I put I put I put a 100 bucks on Chris getting COVID by the next Next time Thank we test. You. Thank you. All right. Uh, by the weekend, the Bengals will be here. They're coming in a day or two. Joe Burrow meeting with reporters earlier today virtually. Let's hear a little of the wisdom from the older than you would think in only a second year. Isn't he older than – he's older than Lamar Jackson. We know I that. Think he is, right. He's almost he as old as Patrick Mahomes. Right. But even after only two years, he understands uh, life in the NFL, and he has some advice for some young kids out there on how to go about their business. Here's Burrow from earlier today. So I'm getting better focused on, you know, not don't don't have a workout and go and post it on Instagram the next day and then go and sit on your butt for four days. And everyone thinks you're working hard, but you're really not, you know, work in silence. Don't don't show everybody what you're doing. You know, let your let your your game on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights show all the hard work that you put in. Don't worry about you know, all that social media stuff. And hey, that's great advice, because how many times do we see those videos yeah. and and they are impressive but it's right. like okay that doesn't matter what yeah. matters is what you do and right. last year when he was going through his rehab we we, we rarely saw any we saw a few flashes or here or two, there right yeah Things, right but he he took care of his business quietly and he was ready to go week one i think he i think he sandbagged us a little bit too I think, you know, that whole thing about, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be, uh, yeah, I, You're just lowering expectations. I, yeah, I think he knew he was going to be fine. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love the guy. How do you not like him, right? Yeah. I mean, and first off, I'll say this. You know what's annoying about the last week in, in the world right now that we live in? It, you couldn't, you, nobody would say, like, Joe Burrow, he's great. What a great leader. And then he wears a necklace with diamonds on it and says, I'm too rich to be wearing one with fake. And now people question if he's too cocky. 
I want to. You know, this is why the modern day athlete is just in, and the social media around it. it's annoying. Like first off, okay, you know, first off, what was wrong with that comment? He is too wealthy to have a diamond necklace. That's fake. Okay, it's just so that annoys me. And I love, but I love Joe Burrow. I really do. I don't know how you cannot root for him. And I don't think he cares about being unpopular on social media. And he was one of the first guys that, right, when we talked about it, really stood up for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean, a rookie quarterback. He was the guy that came out first Stepped and out. was like, we need to help our African-American friends in this country. I mean, he has been a leader, and I don't think he gives a damn what people on social media say about him, and I do respect that. Mike, you talked about his age. When you look at the ages of these AFC quarterbacks, Joe yeah. Burrow, 25, Justin Herbert, 23, Patrick Mahomes, 26, Lamar Jackson, 25, Zach Wilson, 22, uh, Trevor Lawrence, 22, Mac Jones, 23. What's Josh and Allen? Did you have him on there? I, and I didn't even look up Josh Allen. Look at Allen's your like, disrespect hey, for Josh Allen. Look at your disrespect. She just figured you, you would know yeah, you the would day, know the, month, the minute, and exactly. hour that Josh Allen was born. I'm more tired. How dare you? Yeah, well, I, he's, got, he's in that group, though, either well, way. Well, yeah. He is. <laughs> and when you start looking at those AFC quarterbacks and you look at Denver and Pittsburgh and how they don't have one and then now in desperate need of one to compete against these guys, mm -hmm. and then you're talking about Deshaun Watson trade possibly, right. Rodgers, why would anybody – want to play in the AFC. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. if I have a choice, I'm going to play in the NFC because you start looking at those quarterbacks, they're, they're not the same. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, we talked about this a little and, bit. And, and yeah. from Aaron Rodgers' yeah. perspective, I, I, we don't know what Green Bay is going to be, but we think he should look for another destination in the NFC yeah. if the Packers will trade him there because you want to stay out of the AFC. Even if you win your division, you have to deal with two or three of these Might great quarterbacks. Yeah. Right. Now, now, is there something to be said for the fact that the true great ones aren't deterred by that, that they want to show what they can do against the best of the best. I feel like that's Burrow's attitude. So why shouldn't it be everyone else's attitude? Yeah. I, I think it, I don't think he shies away from anything. I don't. Uh, I mean, again, he's the quarterback of the Bengals. He could have easily said, wait, the hell with that. I'm not going to that organization. But I think he has a belief in himself that is – that's special. I mean, it's it's up there with the all-time greats. As he far thought as about it. He thought about I'm it. I'm sure he thought he about thought it. How about could it. you not think Bengals about it? Bengals fans don't like bit. to hear about it. Yeah. He thought about okay, it. I'm he sure. did address it today, and right. he said that he wanted to be the number one overall pick. He didn't want to give that up, being the number one overall pick, and he thought he could win wherever he went. Right. And he, he's right. Well, Obviously, he's turned Cincinnati well, around. He could yeah. have been the number one overall pick, just like Eli Manning was the number one overall right, pick, just true. like John Elway was the number one overall Good pick. Point. You can still be the number one overall sure, pick. Sure. One of the lines from Playmakers, if you haven't heard, not, not that I have What's been that? trying to get anyone aware of it or buy it. You can buy it wherever books are sold, by the way. Available now. Playmakers coming out March 15. One of the lines in there is if Joe Burrow was from Athens, Georgia, instead of Athens, Ohio, he would have not played for the Bengals. And, Maybe. I and really no, that, that yeah. is a definite from someone. In the know there? In the know. Yeah. If he wasn't a native of Athens, Ohio, he would not have played right. for the Bengals. Well, good thing he didn't. The good thing he's not. Because we'd be missing out. This is awesome. I mean, yeah. it's him and his old college teammate. And like Mike, you and I have talked about a few times, the Bengals uniforms, we were, I would go, they're the ugliest <laughs> in football. Yeah. They're not cool. And all of a sudden now I look at them and I go, they're kind of cool. And he looks cool in it. You and like that orange. Well, he just, I do. He's changed, <laughs> though, your perception of the organization. And I think that's what a special guy does. And that's how special he is. Just like. You know, uh, Mahomes did in Kansas City, I think, to a degree. Yeah. You know, we're seeing Josh Allen do it in Buffalo. He's 25, by the way. There you just go. To let you well, know. Thanks for it But up. I'm with you on your point. Yeah. Uh, like, if I'm Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, or Russell Wilson, I'm telling my agent, please find teams in the NFC. Yeah. It's just, 
it's going to be an easier path as far as, you know, again, there's, there's more wiggle room. With the quarterbacks that you mentioned, I mean, and there's some other ones that you didn't even mention where you go, they got bright futures too. The AFC is stacked. Yeah. And uh, I think that would, that would scare me if I was in that position. Yeah, you look at the likes of Tua and Baker and, and Derek Carr and some of those, and they're maybe not horrible. No, they're not horrible right. quarterbacks. Right. And then you look at Denver and Pittsburgh, and you're like, what are they going to do with that position? Because mm-hmm. until you find somebody in that position, you're not going to compete with those other teams. It's a gauntlet, like you said, Mike, that, that you've got to get through in the AFC. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not always, it's, the quarterback helps. We know that. We know that you got to have a good football team, but Burrow, I just I, I find him I find him fascinating. I he find is. him really he's the natural. That's where I really look at it. I go just there's no real weakness to his game. Everything he does, he does it at a pretty high level. It's not the strongest arm. He's not the fastest. He's not the most elusive. But he's like in the top, you know, three or four in all those categories. That you know, there's really no spot you can look at that's weak about him, and that's yeah. that's what's awesome about him being here. There's another number one overall pick yeah. from the not-too-distant past right. who is under contract for two more years once they pick up his option, and they will with the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray scrubs all references of the oh. Cardinals from his social media. Oh. Uh, but, but look, look, this is how 24-year-olds send messages. Yeah, I know. That's how they do it. I know. And, and we all know that this is how people have sent messages. So if something like this happens, especially a guy like Kyler Murray, who is so quiet and reserved and shy, he's not doing this accidentally. And I know when I was poking around in the aftermath of their season, disappointing finish, and Cliff Kingsbury, every year he's been a head coach, he started good to pretty good to great this year, and it's all fallen apart. And I got a very clear impression that if the Cardinals had done anything with Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray was going to be a problem for them because Murray and Kingsbury are represented by the same guy, Eric Burkhart. I just don't know what's going on here. I got to, I, I, because they didn't fire Kingsbury, obviously, but we're already into the spot where Murray's eligible for a second contract and maybe he expects one. Or maybe he wants to go play for someone else. One of the only things left on his social media page is something relating to Mike Evans expressing a desire to play with Kyler Murray, and the Buccaneers need a quarterback now. This is an unexpected twist, and it means something. I don't know where it's going to go, but it has to mean something. You want to go first? Well, yeah. You know, I I ended up writing the story because it it blew up, obviously, on social media with everybody talking about what does this mean. And we don't know his motivation right now, but it's a message, clearly, Mike, that that something's going on here. And he always has the baseball angle laying out there because the A's made him the ninth overall pick. They still own his rights. Oh, gosh, don't get Florio going. Repay $4 million. It's still out there. And I've been fascinated by that. I know Every are. time he shows up in an Oakland A's hat. I hear you. Because there are very, very few NFL players who have an or else of that yeah. magnitude where I can still be a professional athlete, I can still make a ton of money, and I can probably play longer there than I will here. And he's had three years of a taste of what it's like in the NFL. And they have struggled. And it's been rough. And I don't know what he's looking for. I don't know if it's contractual. I don't know what it is. But... If they were going to have a problem with him if they fired Cliff Kingsbury, well, they didn't, so they didn't have a problem with him over that, but they got a problem with him over something. This is not accidental. This is not coincidental. There's something going on here, and now we try to find out. And I'm trying to find out. I've been it's, trying to find out. Nobody's saying anything. I will be shocked if it's not 100% contract related. 100%. I, I just, I don't know. If you, I, that's the way I feel. Yeah. This feels like, yes, he's not getting an offer, or they're not going down the line of talking extension quite 
far enough down the road to where he doesn't like it. And then he's going, wait, I've played at a pretty high level. Why aren't I your guy? Make me your guy. Give me the commitment. You know, I think he has that in, the, in his mind. He probably has the NFC wild card game in his mind where he took some hits and got hit. And he go, damn, I need to get some security here. I, probably all of that's going through his mind. He does seem to be, I don't want to say self-centered, but very aware about the business of Kyler Murray and understanding what he is and what he means to sports and his place there. So I don't know. I just I have a hard time thinking it's not a contract thing. And, and I understand that if he's not getting kind of the answers he wants. And then you have to strike the balance. Right. How much do you grab for yourself? How much do you leave behind? The age-old question, how much is enough? How much is too much? And you have to budget so that you've got money available so you, you don't get sacked repeatedly, so you don't get hit and injured. Are you, did you, do you think, like, do you guys think, like, this was a – like, sometimes I go, oh, did this catch Arizona off, by, off guard? I mean, again, we don't know many of the details right now, and, and hopefully I'll know some things, too, here as the day goes on. But I, I guess I do wonder maybe the Cardinals going, wait, we got a lot of things going on with our salary cap. We didn't expect you before year four starts to ask for a new contract. You know, were they caught off guard by this? You know, again, Kyler Murray, he's probably looking at it and going, wait, Josh Allen did three years and you gave him a new deal. But I would go, you haven't had a year like Josh Allen did yet. Not like that. I mean, Josh Allen has been, I mean, definitely one of the two or three best players in the sport the last two years. Lamar Jackson, he probably should have got his contract. I don't know what the hell he's doing there. He's taking a risk, certainly. So that's where I just, I wonder about the whole thing with Kyler. You know, is it is it is it the team balking a little bit? Is it just not the number Kyler wants? I think that's the thing I'm interested to see. He's had the two Pro Bowls, but right. I would have picked Tom Brady last year, and I would have picked Matthew Stafford this year. Yes. Like I wouldn't have had Kyler Murray in either of those Pro Bowls. Now he would have been an alternate this year and probably would have gone anyway. Right. But when you start talking about Pro Bowls the and that's three. honors and right. all that sort of stuff, I I don't consider him a two-time Pro Bowler in the sense of. I'm not sure he should have gotten it originally on either either time. But hand-in-hand hand with Cliff Kingsbury regressing as the year goes on, Kyler Murray regressing no both year years. Exactly right. He was MVP candidate both years. And, and not even by, a great weapon yes. at the end of the and year. By the end of the season, right. yeah. you're not even – you're not even considering him as a possibility for no. even getting a vote to no, be MVP. No, you're right. Now, he had the ankle injury on that Thursday night classic game against the Packers, and he never was the same after that. He missed a few weeks. He didn't run as much. I was stunned by how little he ran in the playoff loss to the Rams. And you know, looked look, small in that game. He got, looked very small. He looked very he small. Did. The pocket collapsed, and he looked like, yes, I mean, he was a, a walking internet meme there for how small he looked in the in the pocket. Worst worst game of his career based on passer rating. I mean, right. he was bad. He wasn't just mediocre. He was bad. No, he was bad, game. and it was bad. Like, yeah. It wasn't just like stats or whatever. Yeah. You're right. It wasn't good. When do pitchers and catchers report? When is <laughs> that? It's coming. Uh, it's well, that smell well, in the air. That, they got their problems, labor problems right now. That's true. So who knows? That's true. So the baseball's like got base, labor base, problems? Baseball's oh, labor my problems. gosh. Are we going They're again? Not, They're yeah, going in that going again? again? Players aren't making $90 million a year. It's not enough. They need Not enough. More. Needs more. <laughs> well, I, I find all of this extremely fascinating because yeah. it doesn't happen accidentally. My nephew, who is a huge Cardinals fan, texting me saying, "Tell me what's going. On. Tell me he doesn't want to leave." I mean, he knows. Kyler Murray knows what this what this means, and he did not do it accidentally. No. You have to affirmatively access your page to make changes. I mean, every year, my son has to text me around January 5th or 6th, hey, change the copyright year. It's not 2021 anymore. Change 2020. Every year, you know, you have to think to do it. It's a pain in the butt. And to actually go and make affirmative changes right. to the shell 
of your social media sure. page takes affirmative action. It doesn't just happen. No, agreed. You're right. And it's the way that age group thinks right now. Uh. That's how they make their statements. I think you're spot on by that, Mike, too. And you know what? You look at it. Uh, he's got them. Yeah. He is in power here. They have made an offense that is formulated around his ability to spread the field and he can run and throw it quick and we can do some quarterback design runs and it's all around him, let alone he's also the first pick of the draft. And he has played moments and, and periods of time where you go, whoa, that's some good playing right there. That's four or five games in a row. So he, to me, he's already solidified himself as the guy of the future with the Arizona Cardinals. And they can't go back now. He's, he's the guy. He's definitely one of the ten best quarterbacks in the sport, even though yeah. the, we had the flaws we saw in the wild card game. So I just think it's just it's all contract play, and it's only a matter of time. What, you just got a text about no, the No, I did. I did, but I can't, I can't repeat it yet. I need, to, I need to vet it a little bit more. But I, we, we've joked about this, and I know Shireen would love this, Dak Prescott for Kyler Murray. Oh, my gosh. Straight yeah, up. Right, yeah. right. And I don't know. Is it is straight up a fair trade? I don't know. You'd probably have to give up a little bit more to get Kyler Murray, especially because you haven't already given him the contract. Not the Cowboys would ever do it, but when you consider, what is he, 9-0, 10-0? What is he at Something at like 11 uh, It's more than that. I think it's up to 12 or 13 wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Including high school, of course. There, listen, there's teams out there, though, that will not want Kyler Murray as their starting quarterback, as we've discussed before. No question. Before. There is a, I, I, yeah. I, there's, I, I would say 10 or more teams in football that would go, no way would he ever be my quarterback. I recognize the talent, but... We don't believe in quarterbacks with that type of skill set or that size to be our quarterback. I know Bill Parcells wouldn't want him. No way, right? Bill Belichick, there's right. no, no way. He would have been like, they would have been in New England. They'd be like, make a tape. We, we see him, whatever. But it doesn't matter. Don't go too deep into it. There's no way we're going to let a quarterback with those measurables play here. Chris, so. you've talked about this being money-oriented. Here's yeah. another thing. You go back to Russell Wilson last year, and he talked about having more say in personnel and wanting to improve that offensive line. One of the things Kyler didn't take down was a picture of him with C.D. Lamb. We know before that 2020 draft, he wanted C.D. Lamb. He made that well-known, and they passed on C.D. Lamb. So could it be that he wants more of a say in personnel, more offensive line help? Uh, he's got plenty of weapons. Yeah. yeah. I have a and hard see, time. And he's seeing Joe Burrow got his college they teammate, did. Jamar right. Chase. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I hear it, but he, he's got, we- he's got he's weapons, got weapons. Like you said. They're doing their best. They tried to flip around yeah. the offensive line last year. He can't be mad at their approach as, as far as – that's concerned. I, I would be shocked if that if that was the case. And listen, I'm also one in like you, just because you're the starting quarterback, then it doesn't mean you get say in things in the organization. Okay, if you get to Tom Brady's level, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, you've done it for 10, 12 years, and you've shown that you really understand football organization. Then yeah, I can understand them wanting some say. But even with those guys, it, they don't know everything. They haven't worked behind the scenes. Kyler Murray knows nothing other than the Cliff Kingsbury offense, college or the pros. That's true. What else does he know? What's he going to be able to tell people about? So that's where, again, you want to listen to him, you want to respect him, but I, 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 as an organization, if I was a GM or an owner, you got to be careful about listening to the quarterback too much, especially when they're young and, and haven't had a lot of experience yet. Maybe it's all some sort of a genius marketing ploy. Maybe. I mean, look, it's the Monday of Super Bowl week. It's the quietest day of the week, as evidenced by the lack yeah, of right. craziness behind us, unlike a day ago. Maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe there's some other play, because you know what? We're talking about Kyler Murray on a day that we otherwise would not have been talking about Kyler Murray. I hate to be that cynical about it, 
but maybe there is some explanation for it that will reveal itself. Yeah, it's a good day. To maybe maybe he's got some new product coming out or some new shoe or something. I don't know. I don't know. But mission accomplished. If the goal was to get shows talking about to him. talk about Kyler Murray, they're talking about him all because he removed any reference to the Cardinals from his Twitter page. So we think he'll be the. I can't imagine him not being the quarterback for no. the Cardinals. I can't either. No. I can't. No I think it's, I, just to me, it just smells of contract and just not liking an offer. or They haven't got to the conversation yet, but I would be shocked. And he is eligible now. I mean, you become right. eligible after the final game of your yeah. third regular season. So you can – I mean, you're eligible to sign it then. It's right. possible that they've been jostling behind the scenes sure. as to, hey, you know what, once this third regular season ends – Kyler wants his contract, so we better figure it out. And maybe they're dragging their feet. Maybe that. Maybe it is that simple. Could, uh, they're just yeah. dragging their feet, and he's sending a message. I could see that. I certainly right. could. Well, now that we solved that problem, let's move on to more. When we return, how was Jamar Chase able to flip the script after a rough rookie preseason? We'll let you know what he had to say earlier today when PFTPM and PFT Live from the Super Bowl continue right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. There's Hollywood sign. I was looking out my window at the hotel like, where, where is that Hollywood sign? There's that trophy there that is. I stole yesterday. That's me absconding with it Boom. out of the facility. A little shaky. Oh, that's uh, Santa Monica Pier, right? Yeah, I think. I'm starting the pregame there with Maria yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Me and her, her be hanging out there. Do you want to uh, come? I'm in the ocean. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be wherever they tell me to be unless I go home, which is still a possibility. I'm going to play this all week. You're breaking down. You're good. Well, you just I, was, in the I was stunned. I was Shireen's stunned. from Texas. They don't even know COVID exists down there. You hung out with her. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I, I just didn't want to hog Shireen all to myself. You never get to talk to her. I deal with her. She has to deal with me yeah. more accurately twice right. a week on PFTPM, so I wanted. Yeah, I'm go- I've, I've known Shireen. People don't realize, or I, I mean, I know you do, but I've known Shireen since I was in college. You know, she would come down, and I would see her at Texas, and she'd come to my college practices, and, you know. She was a spy was for a and those people that were writing jerky articles spy. about me. She was a spy for a and M. So uh, she would comment on your laissez-faire upbringing as yes, well, I right, would assume, right. at some point. Right. Jerky kid from Jersey takes over as quarterback at Texas. Doesn't fit. Get him out of here. Jamar <laughs> Chase had quite the rookie season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, look, in the preseason, he did have issues with drops. He explained to me after one of their early season victories, part of it is for a preseason game, it's something you never experienced before. When you're a football player, high school, you don't have preseason games. College, you don't have preseason games. You're yeah. locked in. You play the game until you're done playing the game. Right. The idea that you're just going to make a cameo appearance, you never get the right focus, you never you get don't. the right mindset, and, and you, you just aren't locked in the way Some you are Some guys on the team game. are kind of relaxed because they know they're not playing. Joe Burrow knows he might not be playing. So you kind of fall in the trap. You're right. There is. I think there's definitely something there to that. It's not the same focus and intensity for a preseason game even close to what it is. You do. You feel like you're, hell, coach told me I'm going to go out here and be out there for two series. I'm going to get loose. You don't take it as serious. And yeah, obviously some concentration drops there in the preseason. And I may have spoiled the clip because here he is from earlier today. For all I know, he said exactly what we just said. There's only one way to find out. Let's roll it. I knew what I could do already. You know, I am not much proven that I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not really worried about too much. You know, as long as I play my game, make sure that, that you know, no one's trying to take me out and distract me. So that's, that's my main focus to make sure, you know, I'm doing my job. I mean, we, we, we all knew what he could do. We saw what he can do. And, and he's the one. I still get dragged from time to time about the idea that he was having trouble with the NFL ball. He's right. the one that said, he said it, right. the NFL ball's different. Yeah. When he was explaining in this extended press conference back in August, he was trying to explain to people why he was having issues, but, but he made the adjustment. And he is a hell of a weapon. And I don't know, do you put Jalen Ramsey on him all the time? Do you have Jalen Ramsey follow Jamar Chase everywhere he goes? What do you do if you're the Rams? I, I, think, I don't think you can uh, – listen, I love Jalen Ramsey. You know that. He's the best corner in football, or certainly one of the top two or three. I don't think anybody can just be on an island with Jamar Chase all game long. Um, not, not in my opinion. It's just he's too special. He really has it all. He is without question one of the best receivers in our game as a rookie. He really is, and he's unfazed. He, he loves to make big plays. I mean, I don't know, something about the water in Louisiana. Him, Odell, Justin Jefferson, you know, they're just, they love the big moments, the big games. Just, you know, throw me the ball, I'll make a play. He plays bigger than he is. I mean, he just, he has everything you want. And I would think we'd see Jalen Ramsey matched up in certain situations. But the Rams are not a team that love to play man-to-man. I think they'll be tactical about what they do it because, you know, again, Mike, I just think you're, you're, you're risking a lot by putting anybody bump and run against this guy. He makes you miss at the line. You're not going to catch up to him. He's maybe the fastest receiver in football other than Tyree Kill. He might be faster than Tyree Kill right now. It's that it's close. It really is. He's up there as far as number the number one weapons in the game. Ball in hands. Right. Right. He hits a higher gear. It seems There's like something about like this last year. Yeah. I I felt like I went. Oh wait, he seems like he's faster than Tyreek. I don't know. I mean, I just saw more short catches that ended up being long catches than I did from Tyreek. I mean, hey, Tyreek and against the Bills in that divisional game that was impressive when he caught that in cut, and he still can go. But I do think I'm with you. I mean, I think Jamar Chase is is arguably the most explosive guy in the game, and I think they're just hitting the tip of their iceberg. I bet you we see even more. Debo Samuel 49er type stuff with Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl. I would think that's going to be another element of the offense that's going to continue to grow. They've been dabbling in it a little bit between giving them the ball in the run game, the toss sweeps, all the screens, and how Debo Samuel's been very successful against that with the Rams, against the Rams. To me, that I would think they're going to look at that and try to carve a big element of the game for him in that way. When you've got Jamar Chase, when you've got Joe Mixon, right. when Zach Taylor has spent time with Sean McVay. Right. And Zach Taylor is able to study exactly what happened, those six straight games that McVay lost to Kyle Shanahan, yeah. the way that Kyle Shanahan uses the run game. Is there a path? Is there a strategy? Is there an idea that Zach Taylor can basically try to construct a 49ers type of an offense? Now you've got this great quarterback. You don't want to waste that, his that's skills. That's me. you got to be careful. I think you're, you're – like I thought about what you're saying. I would say one no to your original just because I go – I don't think the, the, the Bengals just don't have the, the offensive line, the running attack. Uh, that's where the Rams had to play a different style of defense than they really want to play against anybody when they have to play the 49ers. It's one of those teams that's just a bad matchup for them. So, you know, even in going back and watching that game, there was a lot of plays where the Rams, yeah, might have let a completion up or somebody's open, and I went, but they're not going to play this defense against the Bengals. They're not. They're not going to be so worried about the run game or a Debo Samuel sweep that they're going to have six guys at the line of scrimmage doing that. 
Uh, so that's where I don't think it's necessarily the same as far as what they're going to face from the Rams. Their big thing to me, Mike, has to just be more than anything the protection of Burrow. We, we saw them, you know, not protect him against the Titans in the divisional round. You know, the Chiefs game, the protection wasn't great either. He escaped a few times and made some unbelievable, miraculous plays, right, with his ability. But I think the thing that concerns me from that standpoint is this defensive line is better than all of those. This defensive line is the best pass-rushing defensive line in all of football. And that's where, to me, the game plan has to start from the Bengals, is just figuring out what they need to do and how they need to do that that so they don't get overrun early with the emotions of a defensive line going crazy, strip sack, fumble, and all of that. And, like, I, I'm with you in the point that in the championship game, Mike, your point to me, one of the things that scared me a little bit was they were trying to run the ball in first and second and do that, right? And he almost really got no rhythm of the football game. He got lucky that Kansas City messed it up a little bit. But I, I'm with you in the fact that I think that has to be conscious of, like, we can't run the ball and not let our best player get going, dishing it out to the other best players on our team. Let's hear from Joe Burrow regarding the confidence he has in the unit that will be charged with keeping him upright and in one piece against the Rams, the offensive line. They're a very good defensive front. You know, it's going to be a challenge for our guys, but you know, they've worked really hard to put themselves in, in this position. And I know that, you know, our coaching staff has a great plan for them that they're going to be able to go out and execute. Uh, but obviously guys like Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Don Miller are guys that are going to get pressure. So it's going to be how one, I handle the pressure, how I'm able to get the ball out of my hands and get to get it to my playmakers in space. And two, you know, how we're, how we're going to be able to handle, handle them up front. And I may, you know, have the most confidence in our, in our offensive line to, to make it happen. I feel like they're trying to make him look more like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone growing up. I feel like he's getting worse, not better. Or it's like now that I've seen it, you can't unsee I can't it. unsee it. Yeah, yeah. But just the way he talks... And it just it it's just it's amazing it that is, a guy a who, who looks like that is babyface killer. Yeah. And is gonna come take the Lombardi trophy. Maybe he's the one that absconded with it. Maybe he's calling the shot. I still I am struggling with this one. I got yeah. a sense from you yesterday you're leaning Rams. I am leaning Rams yeah. for sure. I am. Uh, I think if it's Rams, it's gonna be an old school ass kicking blowout. Oh right, I got you. Roll up. 40 points, right. step on their throat, knock them out early. Right. But even then, I mean, it was 21-3 against the Chiefs. That That's the thing. There's going to be a pivot point. If the Rams can build a lead, there's going to yeah. be a pivot point where they either bust it open right. or the Bengals get back into I, it. I, I, I don't disagree with that thought. Uh, I could see it going that way. The Bengals have an unbelievable way of just hanging around. They certainly do. And you let Joe B. and that company hang around a little bit, he's going to start getting to a rhythm with those receivers and make some plays, certainly. But – I think he alluded to it there. I mean, how could he not be nervous about this group he's facing? It's the best front four there is. And they're going to be coming, and they know that they're the key to the football game. I always give the advantage to the greater defense in this, the greater defensive line in this type of game because they're just being told all week, oh, if you don't get to the quarterback, we can't win the Super Bowl. So that's going to be really one of the things I look for for Cincinnati, Mike. Quick, short passing game, early like he just said, get the ball out of my hand. I think he kind of gave us a tell right there. 
Uh, to me, yeah, let's get him in rhythm, get Chase, Boyd, Higgins the ball. Hey, Mixon gets a pass here. We throw some screens. You know, you do some things like that. Get the, the pass rush of the Rams to slow down a little bit while also getting our best players the ball and getting them in rhythm within the game. I thought they dropped the ball and were fortunate to get, get away with it against the Kansas City Chiefs that way with being a little too... Yeah, it's stubborn with the run game. And then we want to take a shot down the field, keep a tight end in, keep two tight ends in. Now block them up, let them sit back there like we talk about a lot of times, let Jamar Chase and Boyd and everybody work 20 and 30 yards routes down the field, and you take your shots then. Uh, but don't just do straight drop back and think you're going to take your shots against this pass rush. they got to be very wary of this because they could ruin the game. That determination, though, that we saw from Aaron Donald, yeah. In the second half right. of the NFC Championship. And it's been three long years for him to get back to this level. Yep. I just feel like if this guy truly is legendary, and he is yeah. Yeah. one of the best defensive linemen of all time, and he is. Right. Best defensive player in the NFL right now, and he is. I think he is going to be in a state of remember the old Lawrence Taylor let's go out there yeah. like a bunch, bunch of crazy dogs, dogs and have some fun I, I feel like he yes. is going to be like that and it's not going to be about having fun it's going to be about claiming that thing you know he talked today about pointing to his ring finger right. after that game that's the one thing that he needs and you know I you know Joe Burrow doesn't care that's where the two clash Joe Burrow doesn't care he's going to go take what's his and if you're in his way sorry hey sorry you've been playing since 2014 and you deserve this sorry I'm taking it maybe next year sucks for you I'm going to go take it that that's where that's I'm struggling That's scary yeah that's where it's scary and then the pressure's on the Rams I mean everybody expected the Rams to be here and now they're at their home t- stadium people expect them to win you know wait you got all these stars you got guys that were on the previous Super Bowl team, have been on other Super Bowls. You're the team with the experience and should have be, you know, able to win this football game. So there is that pressure, I think, more on the Rams as compared to the Bengals where it's a little bit like, man, this is just great they're here. Nobody expected them to be here. Uh, th- th- this, they're almost in a no-win or no-lose type of situation. Um, but this is, yeah, is going to be the interesting part of the game to me. And Joe Burrow, so slippery. He's so amazing in the pocket. I do think he's going to have to make a handful of plays of, you know, magic in the pocket, avoiding sacks or whatever else to make a play for them to win some games. But he's done that in the last two previous games, and he's certainly capable of doing it again. By the way, calling an audible since we're live. Yeah. Saints have a head coach. Whoa. Who is it? You, don't look. Okay. Tell me who they hired. Hmm. I want to say Aaron Glenn. Nope. It's Dennis Allen? It's Dennis Allen. It is. Okay. Per Shefty. Right. Dennis Allen. Okay. Somebody told me last week it's going to be Dennis Allen. Yeah, right. And, and it's good they gave Eric Bieniemy a shot. Sure. He got a shot. And they wouldn't have wasted their time on a Sunday yeah. if they weren't at least going to consider it. But they clearly didn't hear enough from Eric Bieniemy to get them to go in a way different from what I expected. You got Mickey Loomis, the GM of the team, that's getting toward the end of his run. Yeah. You don't want to upset the whole coaching staff right. and start over again. You've got continuity. Yeah. And you give it a try. Right. And you see, it's what the Raiders should have done with Rich Bersaccia. Give it a try. We, we saw what Dennis Allen could do. Primetime Sunday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers held Tom Brady to zero points, right. doing double duty as the defensive coordinator and the head coach. No doubt. So if nobody else is going to hire the guy, yeah. we'll just hire the guy right. now that Sean Payton's walking. Why upset the apple car? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you. That's, I was with you with the Raiders thing, too. You're, there's a lot of good there to just be able to just go, hey, we'll throw it, over the, throw it overboard for something new. Now, I like what the Raiders did, certainly, but... Yeah, this is – I understand them going this way. Allen is special on defense. He is a special mind. 
The Saints do things on defensive game planning where I go, ooh, that's as creative and as cool as it gets in the NFL. They're one of my favorite watches in the sport because of what they do on the defensive side of the ball. It's very outside the box and game plan specific. And then like you said yesterday, there's already Pete Carmichael there. Oh, great. Wait, we got a guy who's, you know, an extension of the greatest play caller in the history of football and Sean Payton's still here in the building. Why would you want to mess that up? Let alone we know they have some roster decisions and things that are going to shake up the team a little bit. So you keep the continuity in this department and hopefully they can you know, keep some results on the field pretty good too. I, I'm, I'm all for the Dennis, Dennis Allen hire. I like it, it, it takes away some of the sting of Sean Payton yeah, leaving right. and we just see where they go from here. Yeah. But um, uh, let's go now take a break deal with because Alvin there's Kamara. other news oh, yeah. coming out of New Orleans, specifically out of Las Vegas with Saints running back Alvin Kamara. We'll get you up to speed on that, what it could mean for the first season for Dennis Allen as the new coach of the Saints. The Alvin Kamara update when PFT Live and PFT PM and PFT Everything from the Super Bowl come back right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 